It's Luke chapter 11, verses 33 to 36. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who may come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Thank you very much, uh, Matt. To start with, I, I want to take you back about 20 years. It's a little while, I know. Um, it's a story of mine, which is still an absolute favorite uh, that I've read from the news. Um, it, it involved uh, a little four-year-old girl going to a doctor, uh, Dr. Duncan Cameron, who at the time was in Glyn Hospital near Rill, not Scotland, as my accent may have given away. Um, she was there, and the doctor came to see her. Uh, and the, the key presenting symptom was that she was bright orange, all over, head, face, arms, the lots. And the doctor was completely baffled, but he did some tests. Uh, and he discovered that her, her problem was that she uh, had an overdose of, of the chemical beta-carotene which is found in a particular brand of orange juice called Sunny D, Sunny Delight. This little four-year-old girl had drank one and a half litres of what is clearly fresh orange juice with nothing else in it. Um, And it literally turned her body orange. And now apparently it's okay for adults to drink that amount if you so choose to. But for a four-year-old girl, her body couldn't cope and she turned orange. It's a 20-year-old story, but it's still a favourite. But it shows very literally uh, what this little girl took in had a tangible, visible impact on her outsides. And in our passage today, we see that exact same thing. That what we take in has a tangible, visible impact on the outside. And namely... The way that we receive Jesus will make a difference to our lives. The way we receive Jesus will make a difference to our lives. So that in mind, let's pray uh, as we start uh, this evening. Loving Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you that it is indeed a, a light to our path. And we pray tonight, as we delve back into Luke's gospel, that you would both help us to see you, but also to receive you and be changed because of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you joined us last week in the building or online, uh, you'd have heard me preach from the the previous uh, few verses, verses 29 uh, to 32 where we saw that the sign of Jonah and Jesus saying, you must respond to me. He was calling the people in front of him to respond to the message he gave. 
And we were saying, well, likewise, we too must respond. We must uh, get on the train of faith. We must make that step of responding to Jesus, of being proactive in that. But here in verse 33, it's almost as if Jesus is answering a question, an unspoken question in the minds of his audience. It's almost saying that they're saying to themselves that we we know we have to respond. But really, how, how can we trust your message? Is it really clear enough to us respond to? Is there enough evidence and in response to that, Jesus tells this little short parable in verse 33. Verse 33. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand so that those who come in may see the light. Just saying, look, if you have a lamp or a light, it's absurd to sort of light it and then cover it up with something else or to put it in the cellar so no one can see it. it that's just ridiculous. It, you just don't do that with a lamp. And so Jesus is saying, likewise, I'm a light that's come into the world. Indeed, in John's gospel, Jesus called himself the light of the world. I've come not to be hidden away, not to be discreet, not to be subtle, No, I'm here as a a walking, talking example to show you that the message is clear, to to show you that you can trust me. I mean, after all, all these people that Jesus is talking to have already at least seen one miracle. Uh, Verse 14, Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. They've at least seen Jesus driving out a demon, but they've probably seen more. Uh, They've heard Jesus speak as well. Uh, Jesus' uh, message is clear. He's a living, breathing, walking, talking example. He's a lamp on the stand, not hidden under a bowl. But then what about today? Is it just as clear today? Well, of course, we stand, don't we, on, on the other side of the, the BC AD line. These people were there during Jesus' time, but we stand even further past it. We stand in a time we can see what Jesus has done, and we stand the other side of history. To give a poor illustration, last weekend I was stood here and talking about the hope that we had in the evening. But of course now we stand here and we know the result. We know what happened. We stand this side of history. And so likewise with Jesus, we stand this side of history. We can look back. We can see Jesus lived. He died. He rose. He ascended. We can see his whole mission, his whole life. His message is clear. But more than that, we we don't simply have to see the life of Jesus. We can see the 2000 years after it. We can see the spread of the gospel, how this one man in a backwater of the Roman Empire, how the message grew and grew and grew and grew. And so now uh, Christianity, the gospel is global. But more than that, 
we can see how Jesus has changed lives today. How he's taken the broken and made them whole. How he's bound up those who are hurting. We can look back and see the the life of Jesus. We can see church history, the 2,000 years since, and we can see the, the impact of the gospel. The message is clear, Jesus is saying, that the problem is not with Jesus. The problem then is with us. Jesus' message is clear. Jesus gives light. And so, he says, we need to receive it well. We need to receive it well. Verses 34 and 35. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light, so see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Jesus is continuing on that the, the light uh, lamp illust- illustration. And he's saying, look, your eyes are, are really like the, the lamp and light of your body. Uh, because it's, it's the eyes by which that, that you perceive light, you see light, that, that bring light into your body. Uh, so if your eyes bring in good light, then your whole body is going to be lit. But if you perceive badly, if you see badly, then your whole body will be dark. It's the seeing and perceiving which is of paramount importance here. Because here's the big idea. Jesus says spiritual health is all about receiving Jesus well. It's all about receiving Jesus. That's where our spiritual health lies. It's in our response to his message. All too often, don't we, we hear that uh, someone might say, I'm, I'm not a Christian, but I'm deeply spiritual. Or they might say, look, I, I just think that, that, that everybody inside of them has an innate goodness. That's sort of a, a goodness inside people. But Jesus says, no. There's nothing internally that is spiritual about us. Well, there's nothing internally that's good about us. Actually, no, our, our spiritual health is only about the way we receive Jesus. That's uh, where our, our spiritual health is found. It's in him. And that's a huge revelation, isn't it? That it's not about us. It's entirely about him. Our spiritual health is only about our response to Jesus. And that's hugely humbling. Because it means that I don't actually bring anything to the table. My spiritual health, my goodness. Actually, I've got nothing to bring. It's only about the Lord Jesus. But it's also so, so encouraging. Because whoever you are, whatever you've done, whatever life looks like, there's hope. Because it's not about you, it's about him. It's about the way that we see Jesus, the way that we respond to his message. 
So what does receiving the message of Jesus to look like today? What, what would sort of good receiving, good reception look like? Well, I wonder if it, it pivots around the question of what, well, what authority does the message of Jesus have in your life? What difference does it make? Now we know, don't we? We can perhaps think of our school days to think of times when we had different voices that had different authority. So I know for me, when I was at secondary school, there was the, the vice principal, a man called Mr. Morris, who at first, when I was in the younger years, I was a little bit afraid of. You would do what he said because he was somebody who you, you had to listen to. But then actually, as I went throughout the school, he became my geography teacher. And then I was a prefect. We kind of worked together. And I could see that he's not actually a really good teacher. He was a really good man, somebody who I could trust. And I would do what he said because he knew what he was talking about. You could trust him. He was a man of integrity and he was good. You would listen to his voice. His voice had authority. But then you compare that to the, uh, the substitute teacher. I mean, poor substitute teachers get a bit of a hard flack, don't they, sometimes? But you know, the person who's, who's sort of writing their name on the board and there's already sniggers behind them in the class. The class are never going to listen to what they say. Different voices have different types of authority. So what authority do we give to the words of Jesus? Do we simply think that, that the words that we see in the Bible are good advice? which may or may not have a positive impact upon my life. Or do we see them as the very words of life? The words of life that bring life, that bring love, that bring goodness, that bring fullness. Do we give them the authority they actually have? So what does that mean? What about when we come on a Sunday to hear God's voice? I know it's so hard to listen to sermons. I've sat more in your place than I've sat up here. It's hard. I know the distractions that come. But when important things are said, we really listen, don't we? When Boris gets up or used to get up for his announcements, we listen carefully. Do we have that same mindset when we hear God speaking on Sunday? And God's words, do we, do we dwell upon them? Do we, do we want to keep hold of them, to take them into the week, to say, how, how is this going to live itself out for me this day? Or is it just forgotten as soon as we step out the building? And do we prepare well before we even come to church? If you were to go see the Queen, then I guess we would, uh, you know, we'd want to wash our clothes, have a shower, uh, have a haircut, you know, make sure we've got all the things in place. Uh, we turn up early and on time so we're ready because we don't want to miss out. Uh, we'd prepare. Because that's an important meeting. What about hearing God speak? Do we pray before we arrive, Lord, speak? Do we pray uh, during the service, Lord, speak? Lord, let me listen. 
Do we engage with God's words as living words? What about even outside of a Sunday, on our, our own? What authority do the words have? Whose words have authority in your life? Or whose words have more authority in your life? The Times newspaper, the Telegraph, BBC Sport website, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Whose words have more weight? We need to give them the authority they deserve. And if that's true as well, why not learn them? Why not say, actually, these words are so precious, so good, that I want to ingest them. I want to, to live them. I want to be dwelling upon them. I want to be holding God's words close so that even without a Bible, I can bring them to mind. Even when my eyesight fails and I can't read anymore, I can still cling to them. What authority does God's words have in your life? And we do have a part to play in this. Verse 35. See to it. See to it. Then that the light within you is not darkness. Our spiritual health is all about responding to Jesus. But Jesus is saying, therefore, see to it. Do all you can. Make every effort. Work hard. Be deliberate. Be intentional. See to it that you give these words the authority, the attention that they deserve. And that can be tough in our culture concepts. Our, to- our culture is quite passive. We have streaming water, we have streaming television, and we sort of just sit back. But Jesus is saying, don't be passive. Be active, be an engager. Listen. Receive. Perceive, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. What are you seeing to today? The message is clear. We need to receive it well. And then finally, if we do that, we will be a light to others. Verse 36, we will be a light to others. If we go back to our, our Sunny D illustration at the very beginning, what that little girl took in was, was tangibly seen to all around her. Jesus is saying, if we receive his message well, there will be a tangible difference in our lives. Our bodies will become full of light and there'll be no part of dark in it, verse 36. It will be just as full of light is when a lamp shines its light on you. It can't help but flow out. But as I was pondering these verses, I wonder if you could muse with me for a minute. If this is true, why then in the church in the West, why do we experience such slow growth? If Jesus says that the harvest is plentiful, why does it always seem so small? Now I know there are, there are lots of factors to that question. There are lots of things we can point to. But my amusing is this. As a Western culture, are we really that different? 
Are our lives that different to those around us? Jesus says, see to it that that you give my words the authority, you perceive them and take them in. And then as you do, you will be a light to the world. It will make a discernible difference. But as a Western culture, are our diaries that different? Are our bank accounts that different? The way we use our phones and computers, the, the way we handle our relationships. How different are the li- our lives compared to that of our neighbours? I just wonder if in the West we've got a little too comfortable and maybe a little too chameleon-like in being too similar. And I muse that for myself more than anyone. And I say, how different is my life? How different is my time, my bank account, my diary, my phone, my relationships? But then as I muse that, I wonder, what, what might life look like? What might life look like if, if Christians really were truly distinct in our world? What might it look like if... Uh, that we give Jesus the words of authority that, that truly are life-giving and truly are central. What might it look like? What might it look like to, to say, uh, not how much shall I give, but how much shall I keep? What, what might it look like to say, Lord, you have given me the gift of time. It is all yours. What might it look like to say, Lord, you served me with every breath. So I will serve you and your people. It's a challenge, isn't it? And the way that will work itself out for you is different to the way it will look up for me. But I think it's a challenge that we must take seriously. And amusing that we be good to ponder. We're embroiled in our culture and we're soaked in our culture. And it won't be easily untangled. But it's one that will be good to think and pray over. The message of Jesus is clear. He is a light on a stand for all to see. And he says, therefore, see to it well. Perceive well. Look well. Take in my light well so you are full of light and not darkness. And then he says, if you do that, you will be full of light so that all around you will see that's what i want for me let's pray it be true for all of us let's pray father we thank you for your word we thank you that that our spiritual state is all about what you have done help us to perceive you well to see you well to take in your message well to live your message well so that we may be a light to the world around us, to shine your light, to point to you as the great light, to a world that is in darkness and so desperately needs it. Amen.